You're listening to episode 113 of Alexa in Canada. The hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. And let's talk voice. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast, episode 113. Uh, Today we are talking about a topic that we haven't actually spoken a lot about, and that is uh, voice games, and I've got a great guest to discuss that with us. However, before we get to that, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and I want to thank Vocal ID. Vocal ID is an incredible company, and I've had the opportunity of interviewing Rupal Patel, the CEO of the company. What is Vocal ID? Well, imagine this. From voice assistants to kiosks, wearables, and smart speakers, there soon will be more things that talk than people in the world. And they can't all have the same voice. Brand survival is going to depend on differentiation. And so how do you do that? Well, Vocal ID's breakthrough technology leverages decades of research and the power of modern-day machine learning to generate unique vocal identities from just a few hours of audio, custom-built in days. It's the power of 24-7 text-to-audio conversion without compromising brand consistency, and that is now possible with Vocal ID. So for more information, check out vocalid.ai. All right, let's get to today's podcast. And like I said, I'm really excited about this one. I am interviewing Jefferson Valadares from Doppio Games. And boy, when you hear some of the titles that they are working on, you uh, you probably will recognize some of these and how they have been able to develop games actually on top of even TV shows or, or Netflix uh, series. So this is really cool. Uh, it's something that, like I said, we haven't spoken a lot about, and I'm really excited to dive into this with you. And yes, these games are available in Canada, so for sure you can try them out as well. Okay, so without any further ado, let's get to the podcast, and I want to welcome Jefferson on to... Hey there, Jefferson. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to speak with you because you and your company have produced some really high-quality games for Amazon <laughs> Alexa. Thanks. And uh, so I'm excited to, to introduce the listeners to all that. But before we even get to that, can you tell us a little about uh, your background, introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure. Yeah, so, you know, like, as you mentioned, like, we're making games uh, for kind of voice platforms. And um, I've actually been making games for 20 years. Uh, I'm originally from Brazil. So when I started in, in that area, like, there was really no jobs. So I had to start my own company. Uh, this, again, it was like 20 years ago. Uh, and, you know, I did that in Brazil for five years. And then eventually I felt I had to move abroad to really learn more about market and, you know, get to, like, higher quality uh, products and stuff. So I moved to... Finland. Uh, it's you know a very natural transition from from someone from Brazil. Like go go all the way there. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a jump. All right. Yeah, and I where you know and I went there to make mobile games. Uh, so I think that was the first time I started making these kind of like broad. So the first time I was making games which are not quote unquote for gamers because you know it's a new platform. Like people who are, who are gamers look down on it. Uh, yeah, this is not a real game, whatever. But you know, a lot of people are playing, and it's getting more and more popular because these devices are so accessible and, and you know important. So that, it actually reminds me a lot of the time we're in with voice right now. Uh, after that, I moved to London, uh, where I worked for EA. Uh, it's a big publisher, right? So you know, mm-hmm. worked on like Harry Potter and Speed, FIFA, and this kind of like bigger brand games. Sure. Uh, 
Uh, and then I went to start a startup called Playfish, uh, which was making Facebook games, which again, it's another like similar wave of what's going on right now. Actually, the, the voice platform in general reminds me a lot of like Facebook 2008. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's kind of like growing, same thing. Like gamers look at it and say, it's not a real game. Uh, the games are actually not particularly that good because they're very simple interactions, but you know, a lot of people are playing them. So there, there's something there. Uh, and obviously Facebook went to kind of grow later and, you know, generate big companies like, uh, Zynga and, and all these other things. But you know, this, this is, uh, another experience that I look back, uh, with, with the stuff I'm doing right now. And then in 2011, I moved to the U S so I was, I've been in the Bay area the last, I don't know, whatever years. And, uh, working for EA again, including Bioware, which is, you know, a uh, Canadian studio. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I used to go to Edmonton a lot, oh, a very okay. uh, scenic, very scenic place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, not really. I mean, like we were like in the, the location was like uh, not super scenic, but obviously Edmonton's a cool city, but uh, you know, the downtown is kind of cool when there's, you know, good food and drinks and stuff. But yeah, yeah. The, the office wasn't uh, particularly great to look at, but <laughs> it was like a cool crew. I think it does help. Like when you have nothing to look at, you tend to, make better games i think because there's no distractions <laughs> i did some of my school in edmonton i did i actually lived for three years in edmonton so i know what you're talking about so okay cool right yeah <laughs> and then uh, after that I, w I went to bandai namco where it was kind of like a gm of mobile uh, for the us so uh, yeah and, and that was like you know a little bit of development a little bit of publishing working for a japanese publisher so it's kind of like different points of view um yeah, and then you know, at some point, I, I really was getting excited about starting a company again. Uh, now that I kind of know what I'm doing, because I think in the beginning I did it because like there was no other choice. Uh, but I actually don't recommend that to people. I think they mm. should go work for someone, like learn on their dime, and then you know, once you know a little bit, then you can kind of branch out. Uh, so I felt you know like it was a good time to branch out. And the other thing that got me excited, so I, I was like. Uh, me and Chris, which is the other co-founder, like Chris Barnes, like we were always excited about interactive stories, obviously Bioware and, and different things. But we, uh, so we, we got really excited about Alexa. Um, somebody mentioned it to me like uh, as a possibility and in the beginning I kind of dismissed it. But then I started playing with it and I was like, actually, no, there's something here. It's like, you know, voices, it's a very human natural thing. You don't need to teach really people like, you know, people know how to say things and obviously the device doesn't always reply the right way, but I think if you, there's a potential here to do something like very natural. So it kind of, again, reminds you, evoked this kind of beginning of mobile, beginning of Facebook games. Like, uh, and I felt you can do storytelling here. And, you know, obviously when you say something, when, when the wind goes through your pipes, it means a little bit more than if you just typed it mm -hmm. or something like, like mm -hmm. that, you know, there's like a different, like it's a weird emotional thing. Sure. Uh, so I felt, I felt there was like a combination of both, like a, potential good business opportunity because this vice are growing like crazy and, and, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're very cheap. So, you know, unlike VR where you need like, a, you know, whatever expensive headset to try it out, like these things you, and it's so cheap to get on Alexa, right? That's right. Uh, uh, and, uh, so they're, they're, that's one of the reasons why they're exploding. Uh, and then, uh, but also the, this, this idea that, you know, voice entertainment, it, it's kind of new, like there, there hasn't been a lot done in that area. Uh, because the tech wasn't good enough. So I think there are some creative opportunities too. Like nobody knows what the best voice game is. Like it, because like we, we have done very little. <laughs> so I felt like uh, it was both like a good business opportunity, but also a good creative opportunity. So that's kind of why we started the company. And we said, okay, let's go focus on that. Uh, so the first game was the Vortex, uh, which uh, you can play on Alexa. It was actually an Alexa release uh, in October, 2018. Mm -hmm. We, 
we did just me and Chris, like we kind of paid for it ourselves. We hired a few contractors and, you know, built the game uh, just to, just to kind of see for ourselves what the market was like, you know, like, is this actually a thing, you know, how it is to work with Amazon, like how, how do we get people to find the game? Like how, how, how does the whole thing work? Right. So we released the game. Uh, yeah, we had like pretty good reception. So, you know, we have like five to four, four, four star reviews with uh, on average with, you know, like uh, thousands of reviews. So it's reasonably popular game on the platform. So we're kind of happy with that. Uh, and then we decided to go all in and then we got some investors. So we actually raised the uh, round last mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. that both Amazon and Google participated uh, on the round. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so based on that, we took the money, grew the team. So now we're 10 people. Wow. Uh, as I mentioned, we were basing in Portugal. Uh, well, so yeah, so I, I guess I jumped that part, but yeah, when it, once I decided to start a company, Samsung is kind of expensive. I mean, it's great if you're, you know, Facebook, Google, Apple, <laughs> uh-huh. but if you're like a small guy trying something new that you, you, you don't know if it's going to work, it's kind of risky, you know, like from like, you know, mortgage costs and health insurance costs and like every, everything is like expensive lease you know, uh, for the, the office or, you know, every, everything is way more expensive. Right. So I think uh, we looked at a bunch of different places in Europe, uh, ended up here in Portugal. I think there's a mix of uh, it's not the most like a gaming like the biggest gaming hub in Europe, you know, there's obviously places like London and Stockholm and Helsinki and Berlin, Barcelona. There's, there's a place, there's places that are more developed in games, but nobody knows what they're doing in voice games. Right. So it's not like I can go, go out in London and hire 10 voice specialists because they don't really exist. So <laughs> I felt like uh, the talent pool here is pretty good. Everybody speaks English. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm actually from Brazil. So I do speak the local language so I can go into the tech office and have a less, less, less of a harder time than uh, the other foreigners. Oh, okay. I felt like it was a good approach. And yeah, so we, we built that uh, last year. We kind of set up a company and got the funding and, uh, yeah, now we uh, grew the team, released the second game last year in, well, a few months ago in October, and it's called the 3% Challenge. Yes. That was done in partnership with Netflix. It's based on the on the on Netflix show called 3%. I watched it. Yep. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we uh, and, and, and it's kind of how it happened. Like uh, through a friend in common, I met uh, Bianca, which is, you know, the lead actress, and, uh, and she was really excited about doing something gaming. And, and I'm like, well, you know, 3% is actually pretty gamey because it's all these tests and challenges right. we got to go through. And, and uh, the other thing we wanted was to build a game that allowed us to do some sort of multiplayer competition. And I thought, okay, 3% kind of fits that. And also we wanted to do test different mechanics because our first game was more like a traditional interactive story. We wanted to kind of test different things on the second one. Uh-huh. Uh, so we, we felt like it would also fit those, you know, the ability to make, you know, different types of challenges that you could play. Uh, so to test different types of mechanics, if they're going to work. So we have, you know, six different type of games inside on top of having that interactive story that you talk and you get an answer and you kind of choose what, what option you want, etc. or the game's paying attention to where you're saying it's kind of evolving the story accordingly. We also have this kind of multiplayer mode where you, you play this, these, uh, challenges and you get a score and there's a weekly leaderboard. Uh, yeah. So those are, those are the kind of things we wanted to push with the second title. That's great. That's great. Wow. You've done a lot. And these games are, um, are, are pretty cool. I've played around with both of them. And uh, I think they're really good. Um, you, you, you made a comment. I'm, I'm very interested in this because I don't think I've heard this before. But it, it, well, I'll let you explain. You said that you feel like the sort of traditional gamers look down upon this type of gaming, uh, like voice. Can you, can you describe a little bit more what you mean about that? Yeah. I mean, like I said, this happens with every new platform. Uh, 
So if you, if you think about mobile phones, right? So when they came, and I'm talking like feature phones, right? Not, not even talking like you know, the Nokia days, right? Like those phones were not meant for gaming. But it so happens that everybody wants to game on everything, right? So I think, so the minute those things had a screen, then there's a snake, right? And then like the, the, right. the better the screens were getting, the better the games are getting. So it, it but you know, if, 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 if somebody who was playing on a, you know, PlayStation, yes, one or two at the time, they would look at it and say, yeah, it's terrible. It's not, it's not a game. This mm-hmm. is like a stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in the beginning of the iPhone, like a lot of people looked at things like Angry Birds and, and, uh, those games and they're like, yeah, this is not like a real game. It's just like simple toy thing, whatever. But you know, over time they kind of overcome that. Right. So today everybody, like, I think a lot of people who have a console also play on a mobile phone because the, it's more established and, you know, obviously the, the hardware is like better. So the graphics are better and a traditional gamer wants like, you know, high quality graphics and high quality everything. And, and sometimes these new platforms don't have that, right? Same thing with Facebook. The, the beginning of Facebook games were like simple things like poke and then super poke. <laughs> and yeah, then, like, yeah. And then, uh, you know, it started growing to more complicated things. And then there is, you know, games were like where you know, we had a game called Who Has the Biggest Brain, which like, you know, quiz. And you had the, the little bit of social leaderboard with your friends. That was already getting a little bit more popular. But, you know, again, traditional gamers would look at that and say, this is not a real game. It's just a stupid quiz. Like, but there were a ton of people who didn't have a console. They just had a browser uh, and they were on Facebook and they saw their friends playing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to compete myself. I want to compete against, you know, that friend. So it, it scratched some itch on like normal people, quote unquote, normal people. And that's why it became popular. Uh, and I think voice is similar, like voice is coming to, you know, a lot of places that, that, uh, people that use the, has this voice, I guess the first gen of people who use them were actual techies cause they're doing smart home stuff. But now these are so broad that, you know, families use them. It's basically, it doesn't have to be gamers or people, super tech people. Right. So people look at it. Uh, I think if you, if you, if you, I have a lot of friends who are gamers and they play the games and say, ah, it's cool, but it's kind of low and it, you know, doesn't do, doesn't work hundred percent of the time. And mm. But, you know, there's a lot of people who play our games and love it. Like we get a lot of emails and, you know, fan mail on Facebook and, and on email, like people talking like, yeah, we had a, I had a great time. When are you going to add more content? Like the, we, we do have people who enjoy these things. Mm-hmm. And they tend to be like, again, like people who might not necessarily be playing on a PlayStation 4, you know, like there is just the, uh, the expectations for the audience are different from like the, the, the main audience. And, we, and, and I think that looking, having had that experience before a couple of times, like makes me comfortable that, yeah, we're building this not necessarily for gamers. We were trying to make this as accessible as possible because that's what voice deserves. Voice is a thing that is like super accessible, right? Right. One of the things I I love about it is that it puts, with traditional software, like the onus is on the user to learn the commands, right? So you get a thing you're going to use. You got to go file. Is it open? Is it edit? Is it view? Like what what menu options do I have to go here? Right. Whereas with voice, you just say what you want. And then the onus is on us to deliver like what the person wanted right and that's not easy at all i mean it's like super hard but i think from the it actually makes it super hard for us and super easy for the user and again that, that's that's how it should be so I, I love that that's interesting that's a really good perspective yeah super hard for the developer but super easy for the user would be the you know the best you know that's the best model so that's really cool right let's get back to a little bit of each of the games so the vortex was the first one and i've played around with it can you just describe maybe just briefly kind of what what the premise is for the game and and what what the person does in that game <laughs> sure yeah so you know just a little bit of background so we, when we started the other thing i learned about making uh games for new platforms is like you know often things don't work as well as you would like so that you know there's a lot of things that are like that we wish were in a different way or faster or uh etc right but 
uh, as a game developer, I, th I think some of the best games that ever like existed were games where instead of fighting the limitations, you embrace them, right? So I think that was kind of the attitude that we took towards it. We looked at the platform and said, okay, what can we do with this that would actually work? Uh, we also looked at the other interactive stores at the time, and they tended to be very branchy, like very clearly branchy. So like you had, a, you know, so you, oh, you're here. Do you want to go right or do you want to go left? Uh, and yeah. then you would say yeah. right, right. And then, yeah. and we didn't like that. Um, we wanted to, to do something where it felt like you could say anything. So that was like one of the one of the design principles we had in the game. Like, okay, like we really should it should feel open, even if in the back it's actually not as much. But you know, again, a lot of the better games are smoke and mirrors. It's not like a crazy simulation that does everything. It's just guides the players in a way that they feel the emotional like response, right? So I think right. we we kind of started with that, um, and then we looked at okay, like what what kind of game would even make sense that you just you're just saying things, you're not actually like controlling them with a remote or you're not moving or so we came up with this idea that you're like in a colonist ship in the future and again also we, we were thinking about who's the audience for this and at the time used to be like smart home people so we felt okay we can do some sci-fi um thing you know it's a little bit futuristic i think mm -hmm. that's gonna please the the, the kind of gen one audience on these devices and right so we did that and then yeah we said okay uh you're you're in this colonist ship you wake up uh, from like a, a frozen like a, you're like cryo cryo frozen and then but something goes wrong and like you're, you're mentally awake, but your body is frozen. And all you got to do is like, you, you can give orders to the robots in the ship. Uh, so that, that's kind of like how we kind of okay. set it up in a way that it made sense for you, for you to be using your voice. So that, right. that's, so, so you kind of go through that in the beginning, like the, the beginning of the game is the cryo process going wrong. And, and then you meet these robots and, and then they tell you, Hey, there's no other like human in the ship. What happened? And, and then you have to kind of figure out what happened and take control of the ship. And, you know, that's that's more or less how the story goes. That's cool. I like that. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, the way you approach that with the with the background of, you know, looking at the market that might be most interested in this and setting it up so that the expectation is that the person is really using their mind and their voice. So that's that's really nice. Really well done. Um, uh, I think so. And, and the next game, so you, you mentioned that a little, you already described that a little bit, but that's based on the Netflix show 3%. And you uh, and so just like the show for people that have watched it, the person goes through challenges and you said you've experimented a little bit more with different types of um, mechanics behind the game. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what, what we wanted to do with the second one was stretch further, right? So we had we had done this and we had some good results. I mean, like like I said, people like the game and, and often people say it, it felt open. Sometimes people say it's a little bit too open. I mean, we try to do this kind of dynamic guiding system in the back end, like to, you know, give you the the right amount of help at the, the time you needed, et cetera. But, you know, so we kind, of, we kind of felt we had gotten the kind of conversational story part reasonably well. And we wanted to stretch into like, okay, what else voice is good for? Obviously, it's good for conversation. So that's why we did like a conversational game. But, you know, is there anything else that also is good with voice? Uh, and we also want to try something more social that you had, you, you interact with other people. So those are kind of like, but you know, it's kind of hard to do with like in the platform, but you know, we can at least do things like leaderboards. So we said, okay, let's, let's try something like that. Uh, and yeah, so the second game, it, it has like two modes, uh, it has kind of like the story mode where you kind of go through chapters and, you know, based on the decisions you make and the, the things you say, like it kind of evolves uh, and remembers what you said. And, you know, there's different endings and different things. So it's more like a traditional story. We still try to do not as uh, obviously branching. So I think, you know, the, we don't do like right or left. We, we, we have, it's very conversational. People ask you a question and then you answer and we, we pick 
I mean, we, it's a lot of work because, like I said, the, the work is on our end, but we did it this in a way that at any point in the game, you can say, yes, of course, I have no idea. You can say all those things and it always works. Like there's always an answer for that because, you know, that's the, the things that people say. So it's not just like right or left. Like hmm. if people say, I don't know, then we have an answer for that too. Okay. If people say, screw you, which is turns out it's a thing that people do like a lot. Like we, we <laughs> okay. did that. <laughs> so yeah, basically we, we, it's the other thing I love about the platforms, right? Like we like, so you can, you can see the, uh, on the analytics, like the, the words that people are trying to say that failed. Ah. Uh, we, so we often add things to the game based on that, which I love. It's kind of like developing the game with the audience, right? So like we, we had, a in our first game, we had, uh, people like trying to, uh, name, like, so you can get a pet, uh, pet animal on, 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 uh, on the vortex, right? And. Uh, some people are trying to name the pet and we, we thought about doing it, but, you know, we ended up not doing the feature. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people are like trying to name the pet and I'm like, oh man, we should really do this. So because we saw them trying to say the word, I want to name my pet or can I name my pet? And it wasn't working. So we added a feature now and a lot of people have given names to their pets now. But oh, uh, hmm. yeah, so, so I love that that ability to kind of work. But so 3%. We, yeah, we added this kind of, so there's six types of like mini games, I would say, like, you know, there's a game that tests a little bit of memory, a game that tests your negotiation skills. So a game that tests your decision-making. So like you're leading a group of people, you're trying to survive on the, on a forest and you have to decide every day and like, should we send people hunting? Should we send people to like cook food? Should we send people to rest? Like you, you're kind of trying to manage your thing and try to see if you can survive X nights. So we're trying to make it feel a little bit like the show which is, you know, a bit of like this test you do, but things that make sense that you would be doing in your voice, right? So we're not going to do, the show has very visual things. It's like, you know, like put the puzzle pieces together. Like there's no, like we, I guess we could do that on an echo show or something, but it doesn't feel natural right? Uh, with voice. So we tried to figure out, okay, what, what, what would these tests be? And they just think like, you know, lie detecting. So people are saying things, they got to figure out if they're lying to you after saying the, the truth. So the, this is the kind of things we, we were wanted to play with. Fantastic. No, they're really, really, like I said, I, you know, I've tried them. They're really good. And for all the Canadian listeners, um, obviously these, these games are in Canada. So, so it's, it's very, very cool. Um, any, um, any like tips that you've learned that you could give to any other game designers out there through the process here? Yeah, I think, I think the, 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 probably the biggest one is what I, what I kind of mentioned about that we did with the Vortex, like, you know, try to understand what the platform is good for. And try to work with that rather than try because a lot of people come in and say like i have this great idea and then they go and try to do it and the thing is just not meant for it uh so i think you know voice is evolving a lot and it evolves like you know every couple of months they improve you know the platforms get better so you know they can do better things better things so i think it's, it's worthwhile to like watch the platform see what they're doing and then try to think how can i turn this into a fun interaction i think that's a, right. The, the right spirit the one thing I would suggest maybe not to obsess about is a lot of people, it's very traditional in games, like, you know, whenever somebody has success, then everybody goes and copies them. Uh, it's, it's very common, right? People look at like, okay, what is working? Oh, that guy seems to be doing well. Let's go and see what he's doing. I would say that people should worry less about that right now because I don't think anyone really knows. <laughs> it's still like early days. Like we're trying, like we're all kind of digging here without knowing like uh, if we're going to hit something. So I think worry less about, I mean, definitely play the other games and, you know, grab some ideas from people, but I don't think, don't obsess about it. Like, you know, people do on mobile or the platforms like, go get some ideas for sure, but also like come with your own ideas. It's, it's that fresh time of the platform where 
nobody knows like you know you and and, and it's so easy to develop for it uh, i would say the technical ability like you don't need to be you know like a 3d coder or something like that right i think you there's the 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 bar is like uh, a lot of people can can get this stuff done there's a lot of nice tools for it uh so i think it, it really is a good time for people to come in and try something different and, and you know maybe they could make the the like the next angry birds of voice you know so i think that it's kind of an exciting time very cool no those those are some great tips great tips um well, hey, this is this is wonderful. I'm really glad that we had a chance to chat and learn a little bit more about your process and the games. Um, can you take a moment and just let the listeners know a little bit about where they can go to connect with you or learn more about the the company and, of course, how they can try these games? Sure. Yeah, so our company is called uh, Doppio, D-O-P-P-I-O. Uh, so it's Doppio Games. Uh, we have our website, doppiogames.com. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're, like, uh, on all of the... The, the favorite social networks <laughs> and then uh yeah the games are available on both uh alexa and google as well but uh, the for alexa you just say open the vortex uh and then uh, for three percent you just say open three percent that's actually one thing i love about these this platform it's so easy to get into the game like uh normally you have to like figure out you know install this thing and wait for it to download and like with, with voice you just say the name and it starts it's kind of magical so i think it's a uh, it's one of the things where i think why these, these are getting more popular uh, yeah, so Vortex and three uh, percent, uh, and then if you if you have any feedback, like we read like uh, all our Facebook messages, our email, like please send feedback. We're always like we love to hear from people what they like, what they didn't like. We do look at a lot of metrics. We do some like usability tests and stuff, but you know, in the end, we make the games for normal, like <laughs> the real people out there. So I think yeah, we'd love we'd love to hear from them. So. Right. Fantastic. Well, we'll definitely, uh, I'll put the links to that as well in the show notes. And then can you tell us, or maybe you can, maybe it's top secret, but any plans going forward here in the future, what you guys are up to? Uh, it's top secret. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd say that, but I had to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe we can get together in a few months and then I can talk about it. But yeah, for now, for now, we're, we just released, uh, or we're in the process of releasing actually the, the, uh, the kind of ending of the first story of 3%, so the, the chapter 7 and 8, 7 and 8 are going live. Uh, so we, we've been working on that. We've basically been head down 3% the last couple of months, but now we started to think about the next thing, you know, what's going to be, and we have some, we're really excited because, like, like I said, the platform moves. Even, like, we're, we're playing with things today which weren't possible even six months ago, so it's really exciting. Like, uh, you, you really got to kind of reinvent yourself all the time. So we were looking forward to try something different this time. Great. Great. Well, that's great. Hey, well, congratulations on your success. These sound like they're amazing games. Um, I've enjoyed playing along with them. So I encourage all the listeners to get out there yeah, and thanks. try them as well. And um, definitely, I look forward to staying in touch and following along with what, with what you're doing. So thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a, a blast. All right, there you go, huh? Some new games to try out. And as I said, these are available in Canada. And they are really neat. The way that um, Jefferson described that they have really leveraged what would make a good voice game? And you can see when you play these that they really have uh, taken that to heart and have done a really good job with that. The show notes, as usual, for the episode can be found on the website. And for this one in particular, you can go to alexaincanada.ca slash 113. Finally, a quick uh, shout out and a quick thank you to Rupal Patel and her team with Vocal ID, who again are the sponsors this week. And again, if you're looking for a custom voice, that you can use for your brand, 
then look no further than Vocal ID, and you simply go to vocalid.ai for all of the information. Thank you again for tuning in this week. We've got another really interesting interview coming for you next week. So tune in, subscribe if you haven't subscribed, and feel free to share it because that's really the biggest compliment that you can uh, give to the podcast is simply to share it out. I will talk to you again next week. Happy gaming in the meantime.